Good morning, church. So this is the first part of a three-part series just simply entitled Loving Like Christ in a Fractured World. It seems to me uh, that uh, we live in a world that is uh, fractured, uh, a nation that is very polarized along with the community. Uh, it seems like families are divided uh, from one another. And, and the question has to be asked, how is it that we in the church are to live our lives in the midst of all that is being fractured and polarized and divided? In, in fact, you know, we, we watch TV. Many of you, when you, turn, when you wake up in the morning, you turn on the television and, and you're watching uh, CNN or you're watching Fox or you're watching... MSNBC, and all these other stations, and all we're doing is hearing the talking heads, blah, 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 blah. Uh, anybody agree with me? And um, my question is, how do we live as people of faith in the midst of all that is in front of us? We in the United Methodist Church are facing a, a real struggle uh, this very month, uh, starting February 23rd, uh, there is a special called session of the General Conference of the United Methodist Church. It's going to be in St. Louis. In fact, if you go ahead and uh, reach into your bulletin, your program, and there's two inserts. One is my teaching notes. You can go ahead and pull those out. But the other is talking about uh, the General Conference and the way forward. Uh, for, uh, since 1972, there has been language in uh, the Book of Discipline, which, other than second to the Bible, is our guidebook. And uh, in, in 1972, there was language that, that was put in that says, we do not believe that homosexuality is compatible with Christian teaching. And ever since it was put into the Book of Discipline, there has been significant debate uh, at every single one of the general conferences, which meets every four years. And two years ago, uh, there was a, a, an attempt, a desire, to move us beyond simply talking about this one issue and to talk about uh, other issues that face the, the, the dynamic work of the, of the Church of Jesus Christ, known as United Methodist. And so there was this uh, commission made, uh, created, uh, called The Way Forward. Our Bishop Ken Carter is one of the three conveners of this 42-member commission from around the world to address this issue regarding homosexuality. Now, what we need to understand is that the United Methodist Church has always been open and receptive uh, to all persons. It's part of, especially here at Cypress Lake, it's part of our core values. We say all people matter to God, therefore they ought to matter to the church. All people are welcome into community with us. There's nothing stopping people from being baptized or uh, receiving the sacraments. But there has been a division in the church over the ordination of homosexuals and also uh, with regard to performing marriages in the church of gay couples or, uh, of, um, uh, or of clergy being gay as well. And so what's happened in the church is that um, 
we, we, we're being polarized. We're being divided. We're being fractured. And, and, and so it is my hope and my desire that in these three weeks, I can begin to look at um, some of the themes that divide us. Uh, divide us personally, divide us right here in this congregation, and divide us um, as a church so that we can press forward with the mission of transforming the world for Jesus Christ. Uh, some of you have counseled me not to uh, preach this series uh, because you will think that it's a, a about politics, and I'm not going to make it about politics. I am going to talk about Scripture. And uh, my entire focus is to follow the theme of this, uh, of this sermon uh, title, uh, How Do We Love Like Jesus in a Fractured, Polarized, Divided World? Now, if I can just say a word to those of you who are here or watching wherever you are, who are part of the LGBTQ community, because this is a population here at Cypress Lake that is growing. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I love you. And while I have a different um, understanding of Scripture than many of you, um, I will never allow um, anything to come between me and you. And I believe that about our congregation. It's uh, It's tough. And you know it better than I do. And for those of you who are parents of children who are gay, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that we can worship together. And I just uh, think that God is calling us uh, to talk about some tough issues and to say, God, you need to lead us because what we're doing now isn't working. What we're doing now is not working. We're living in our polarized positions, and we're never coming to a center. And I don't think that's uh, where God wants us to be. So if I should offend you today, I'm sorry, but I believe that I'm going to be speaking about a scriptural message uh, that is to focus us on how it is that we can move forward from where we are and uh, to allow God to lead us. So I've been struggling a, a lot about what scripture should I be choosing to, to preach from. And so uh, I'd like for you to look at the screen. I'm going to be preaching uh, from 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, beginning with the 17th verse. And this, pas this passage of scripture has three very, very significant aspects that I want us to be looking at. And then we're going to be looking at four principles of what it means to love like Christ. And so let me read the scripture to you. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Be servants of God. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. Well, my friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Here are the three parts that I've, as I look at the scripture, three parts that uh, have spoken uh, into my life. The first is uh, that we are to treat everyone we meet with dignity. We'll talk more about that. That's going to be the theme, overarching theme of this series. Then we're supposed to love uh, people, love your spiritual family. We're supposed to love each other right here in this room. And then it says we're supposed to revere God and 
We're supposed to respect the government. So I, I, I want to share with you four principles that come from this passage of Scripture that have spoken into my heart and that I believe God through the Holy Spirit is empowering me to share with you today. So these four principles are, uh, and I encourage you to write these down um, because I believe this could help all of us to move beyond where we are today. Um, so the first one is dignity. The second is diversity. The third is community. And the fourth is love. If we're going to love like Jesus, we're going to have to really learn how to, um, uh, how to share dignity with one another, how to really respect one another. And, and, and the reality is right now, there, there is not a lot of respect for one another. And, but the, this passage of Scripture simply says we're called to, be, to respect one another. And so with dignity, uh, it, it, it simply look at, look at the verse again. It says, treat everyone you meet with dignity. And then, and then so what we have here is that we have Peter, one of the closest followers of Christ, uh, one who was standing beside him. And, and early in Peter's life, he had a real difficult time accepting people. He had a difficult time accepting Jews. He had a, a, a difficult time accepting non-Jews. He just had a difficult time with people. And so he had to learn. And so what we learn in Acts, go ahead back to Acts, in Acts chapter 10, verse 28, it says, God has shown me, this is Peter talking, God has shown me that I should never think of anyone as inferior or unclean. No matter what their background is. And, and so what we are called to do First, in the principles that I believe Christ is teaching us to love in a fractured, polarized, divided world, is that we're supposed to uh, say, you have dignity. Now, a per that person does not have more dignity than you, and you do not have more dignity than they have. We're equal. But it says, be dignified. Have dignity for one another. And then, then the second one, the second D here, diversity, it says that we're called to be people who accept diversity. I want you to literally look around the room right now. Look around the room. Go ahead. Do you see anyone else that looks like you? Thanks be to God. Um, otherwise, you, you would think that you were the standard for beauty. Uh, and that's just not the case. Sorry about that. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, what, we, what we have in this text is that we are called to understand that we are called to be uh, dignified and to have diversity. Now, can I, can I just be, I only have a few minutes, can I just be really blunt with you this morning like I haven't been other times? But, but can I just be really, really blunt? Okay, well, it doesn't make any difference. I'm going to be blunt. If you're sitting here today, or wherever you are right now, if you're sitting here today, and you have a problem with someone because of the color of their skin or their nationality, then you have a problem with God. And the reason is because God created all of us in the image of God, whether we are white or black, or brown, or any other color in the color wheel of life. 
We are all called to be together. And it doesn't make any difference. So if you're in here today and, and you're sitting here and you're thinking, you know what? Uh, Tom is saying that I have to change my prejudice. Or Tom is saying that I have to change the way that I'm a bigot. The answer is right. Because, see, if you think that you are right, then what you're saying is, God, you are wrong. Do you hear that? If you think that you can hold your bigotry and your racism and you can say, you know, uh, that's okay for me, I can do that. Well, hear, hear, hear it again. You're saying, God, you're wrong. Because if we really believe that everyone has created the image of God and there's, there's been no person in all of the creation of the world, over 7 billion people, they are created in the image of God. So we're called to have diversity. Look at this text from, second, from 1 Corinthians. God gives everything the kind of body he wants it to have, people, animal, birds, fish, and each made of flesh. But none of them are alike. Everything in the heavens has a body, and so does everything on earth. But each one is very different from all the others. So we're called to have dignity. We're called to live in diversity. And the third is that we are called to live in community. None of us in this room were ever created to live alone. None of us in this room were created uh, to live a life in isolation. God said, I want us all to come together and all of us to live together in one family. Look at this text, Ephesians 3. In the past, no one knew God's secret plan, but now the Holy Spirit has revealed it, and this is the plan. Through the gospel, everyone, both Jews and non-Jews, are now invited to be members together in the body of Christ and to share together God's promises. We're called to be together. See, the, the, the challenge that we face is that some of us believe uh, that um, uh, I, I'm good by myself. No, that's not it at all. We're called to live in community with our diversity, sharing dignity with one another. And see, I believe, and so does the Scripture believe, that the church should be the model of where we live in harmony in unity, in love, and in peace. This is the model, but it happens when we're in community, not when we're separated, not when we're segregated, not when we're fragmented, not when we're uh, uh, polarized. So let me ask you, where do you think that you get your primary identification as a person? Where do you get that? Do you get it from God? Or, or do you get it from politics? So let me, just, let, me, let me say something to you that uh, some of you are just going to have to hold on to your seats. So when you die and you go to heaven, and I, I believe that God will come down and, and, and give, you, give you that gift, that's my hope and my prayer for you, in that when you do that um, and, and, and you have lived your entire life as a citizen of the United States of America, do you know that when you go into heaven that you do not go into the United States of America heaven? Okay, so now I'm going to get, now, now you'll say, Tom, you're getting in politics. So let me, let, me, let me do it this way. So let's talk about politics for a second. 
There is no such thing as a wall in heaven for Republicans, a wall in heaven for Democrats, and a wall in heaven for independents. And some of you are really wondering now if you really want to go to heaven. <laughs> Do you really mean that I need to go up there and spend my time with a Democrat, an independent? You've got to give me a break. I cannot go in, up there and live with an Arab. Oh, my gosh, no. Have you ever thought of it? We're called to live in community. We're called to live together. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is to do it with Christ as our leader, our example, and the one who will lead us with this last and fourth principle, and that's love. Have you ever wondered, have you ever simply wondered, why were you created? Why? Why, why, why did the uh, chemicals of your mother and father come together and form you in the image of God? Why? Why did God give you breath to live on the face of the earth for 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years? Why? Well, there's only one reason according to Scripture. And, and, the, and the reason is that we are birthed into this world in order for us to learn how to love. That's why we're here. Let me show you this text, Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40. It, it, it's a beautiful text. Here, here in, in the Jewish culture, in the Old Covenant, Prior to the time of Jesus coming into the world, uh, in the Old Covenant, uh, there we had, uh, Moses had the what? The Ten Commandments. We had Ten Commandments. Then in Jewish law, there are 613 other laws to live by. 613. How are you doing with them? Okay, so 623 commandments and laws. So one day Jesus is walking down the road and somebody says, hey, Jesus, what, 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 is, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus stops for a moment and then he shares this text. He says, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength for this is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, we know who the Lord is, right? And who's our neighbor? The person you're seated to right now and the persons around the world. And I don't know about you, but that's, that's a challenge that I've got to figure out how to love people. See, it's about our relationships. I think Jesus is going to judge us on the relationships that we have here on earth, that we've learned to love, that we've learned to give dignity, that we've learned to live within diversity, that we've learned to be in community, that we're here. So let me, uh, let me give you an action plan. Can I, can I do that? I just want to give you a quick action plan. 
Some of you don't give a flip about this. Um, you don't give a flip about the sermon, but, um, but I want you to hear this action plan. Here, here's the first step. I think what we need to do first and foremost above everything else is the four L's. One is we need to learn how to look at one another. We go through life looking past, looking around, looking through, looking over people. There's no way to have dignity if we do that. We need to look at people. The second is we need to uh, listen to people. Listen to what they're really saying, not what the talking heads are saying. Listen. Then we need to, to learn. How are we learning from one another? I, I wish I had an opportunity to spend 10 minutes with each of you because in that 10-minute period of time, I would learn so much about you. I have such a desire to know you. It's impossible. But how about if we just spent uh, a, a few moments each and every day is just saying, you know what, I'm going to look at a person, I'm going to listen to that person, I'm going I'm to learn from that person, and then I'm going to laugh with that person as the fourth L. Because we get awfully serious, don't we? And then we're going to love them. So how do we love like Jesus in a fractured world? How do you? Is it worth the effort? Yeah. Is it a mandate from God? Yes. Is it a mandate from Christ? Yes. So, what do you choose? 